thank you for your word, God. Father, we thank you for this word. It's not only for us, God, but for everyone. And, and we just thank you, Jesus, for your word and your power and your obedience today. Father, we ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come. How many heard last week's message? Huh? I only heard a little bit of it. I couldn't get through it all. Okay. <clears throat> Whoever did it, try to listen to it, because this kind of goes the second part of that. can't do this until we return to our first love first. And then this is what we begin to do as we do this. And this is kind of like the what God has put us together for. And, and talking about that other thing we were just talking about, you're seeing firsthand what you're able to do when you... If you guys aren't faithful, then I can't be faithful... You know, God will, do, God will make, you know, if I'm faithful, He's not going to depend on you. But in other words, you get to be a part of what we're being faithful in this house to be faithful for. And just like with the books and everything and the mission trips and what you're seeing exactly firsthand, what your faithfulness is doing, so you're a part of whatever. It doesn't matter who's got the microphone or not or who's writing the book. You're a part of that. And just like we're going to learn about that right here today from this message. Amen? Amen. This message is called Fire by Night. Habakkuk 2.1 says, I will stand upon my watch, and I will set me upon the tower, and will watch to see what he will say unto me, and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, and make it plain upon the tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Everybody say, the, the just yes. shall live yes. by, faith. by faith. So a vision is something God gives you in your heart, speaks to you. That's why he says, write it down. So one thing, you don't forget it. You can always go, just like a prophecy is like a... A prophecy in your life or something is an audible vision because you start to see it and you can write it down even though it's a... And then when God spoke to me, this is a paraphrased vision and I'm going to read it right now on the wall. For the vision, the truth is simple, to raise up men and women to become disciples and to become sons and daughters. To pull out gifts that have been buried through religion, control, to break mindsets of the church because we are the church. Not made by the hands of man. We will reach out to people through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the power of the love of Jesus. We will lead thousands of souls to salvation. We are the body and we must move accordingly. Everyone knows that knows their God will do exploits for Him. We must come together to encourage one another, testify of what the Lord is doing in a particular body. Rejoice with all and comfort all, never lording over one another, just loving one another. We will not be an infidel. We will be an infidel, sorry. We will be we will we will not be an infidel, sorry. not be an infidel, but we will be an infantry fully loaded, healing the sick, fully loaded with what? The power of God, the anointing of God, the trust of God, the faith. When when David went, he said, you know what? I'm not going to take Saul's armor. I'm not going to do it man's way. I'm not going to you know, build this ministry. God says, if, if, if we build, build the house, we labor in vain. He's like, I'm not going to fight the way they tell me to fight. I'm going to um, let the Lord fight for me, but I'm going to obey Him and knowing that He's fighting for me. So he says, I don't come in my own strength, and I don't come in Saul's strength, and I don't come in the strength of religion and tradition or the strength of my denomination. I come in the name of the Lord. It means in the strength of God. And he was unstoppable until we'll see later some of the things that... not We're not going to see those things, but we'll see things... Because uh, everyone goes through things in the Bible. That's why they're in the Bible. Because you're going to go through things. But there's always an answer. And everything we go through, there's always something the Bible said, this happened to that one that didn't hearken to the voice of the Lord or didn't do what He was supposed to do. And this happened to the one that even... But everyone went through something. Some of them went through and it went to. Somebody, some of them went through and disappeared. We'll raise up teams and we'll start houses, uh, houses, imparting, anointing, appointing leaders, going from place to place that the Lord leads, and back and forth, and over and oversee. It is all about His kingdom. 
We will impart gifts to the Holy Spirit. And when we come together, it will be an explosion. We will, we will do it all with the Holy Spirit. We will never quench the Holy Spirit. We have made churches so organized and structured that we have left out I Am. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the congregation's purpose is not to make someone's name great, but to lift up the name of Jesus. And also, they were making Moses' name great, but God's power is being great shown through Moses. So what do they do when they're in battle and Moses got weak? They, they, we lift up what? <clears throat> the name of Jesus. They lifted up Moses' arm. Our power is in the name of Jesus. So we need to lift up each other's arms when we get weak, and that's how we were able to overcome and go forth and do what we're supposed to do. It's never a one-man show, and it wasn't a one-man show with Moses. Moses couldn't even have led the people. If the people weren't there and went battle time, he needed help, and they were there to help him. He didn't ask for it. They went and did it because they cared about their nation. They cared about their God. They cared about the purpose that they... And most of them didn't want to go back to Egypt. And the name of the Lord Jesus will, will speak it in love and the Word of God and will not, not be an opinion, but it, it is not an opinion, but it is the way, it is the way. It is not a way, but it is the way. God is raising up apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And we will open orphanages all over the world from India to Africa to South America and not neglecting our mission field here at home. And I can say we could have been going to it. Because there are a lot of the things, even in the things like my prophecy, a lot of stuff that says you'll have places. But maybe those places aren't our places. They're places we're going to all the time. Like there are other extended family that maybe even have religion that we're pulling them to. Not. See, little things we can miss doesn't mean the vision is not happening in the exact way because sometimes like, well, we went to orphanages by the Lord and... And, and, and in India, and maybe something's going to break through, or maybe we're not even going to be there physically, we're going to be sending media, and having people, who knows what it looks like, but, and who knows the things, but the, from, from South America, you know, Brazil, not neglecting our mission field here, and we will open a deliverance house called Rebirth, and it will have men coming out of the world into the land of milk and honey, coming off elements of bondages. We meet, so many people get touched. We're like, man, if we had that house right now, we could bring them there. They have no place to live. So we got to send them to the other church and then we never see them. We send them into religion. But not to people where we, we were advertised we got this place. A house that might be empty for four months. It might be filled for two. It might be filled for a year. Might not be. And that's not about keeping the beds filled and trying to charge people money. It's about having a place because it's, it, it's not always easy just to bring someone out the street into your home. Because there's a lot of stuff, and it, it brings that it, you can't do it, even though you want to do it. And the Bible says, when your brother is in need or home, you say, and he has no place, do you bring him into your house? Well, there'll be a house in that sense. You know what I'm saying? Or you can't bring someone going through deliverance that has those around the children and stuff. So we need to have a place that will have strong men in that place. So that's part of the vision. It's going to happen. I don't know if it's this year. We can prophesy, but if I speak it and command it and it's not really God, it's the vision, right? It says, oh, it might tarry. So people get all weary and they get all that, oh, this is not going to happen. If God said it, it's going to happen. And if you keep, if you don't believe it, it doesn't matter. Because if, 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 if we don't let the vision go, He's going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. The land of milk and honey, maybe things aren't happening yet because He's still having things happen inside of us because we're not ready to fully have it happen. Getting closer. Oh, you're going to read. Cool. There is a of. We're not going to. They're going to be delivered, not through Sarah's deception of recovery programs, but through the blood of Jesus. How can you be born again in a new creation and have steps? You're born again. Like, if they don't get born again, sooner or later in there, they're, they got to go. Because it's not about being born again. Some people get born again and then they get all the religion on them and they get stuck, but they're still, you know they're born again because they don't let go of the promise of God. And, the, and we'll have men outreach. We do that every week. Streets and assigned places. Our vision is to bring together the love and compassion and the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and the power of God. That it, that when, the ex, that's when the explosion happens. We will boldly do this. Everyone who desires to be touched by God will be. 
We love, uh, we have no place telling the Holy Spirit what to do. We are His servants and we will submit to Him. He is not here to serve us, but we are here. The other, He is not our Master. He calls the shots. This is the shift in the body of Christ. The church is not, a, it's not if the church is not a kingdom church, it is, and it's not using the power of the Holy Spirit in order to reach souls and equip them and empower them, empowering the members of the body of Christ. We're not, you're not members of HOT. We're all members of a body of Christ. And there's other camps out there that are part of us. And everyone should be, basically, if this is what God released, every church should be doing the same thing if it's the Word of God. Because this is not about truth and religion. This is about the great commandment in Matthew uh, chapter uh, 16, 15 through 20. To go into all the world, preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, come together and, and, and do it by the power of God. We need, and everybody has, is a part of the body. And, and, you know, the eye, the ear, the toe, Paul talked all about it. And that's what, you know, I can't. And, and we have the body of Christ and spirit all over, but we also, God has to have people there on hand in a sense because that's a normal thing people met from city to house to house so it's a, it's a thing you know the internet can only do so much for you the internet can't come and lay hands on you or wash your feet you can't get your feet washed on facebook <coughs> using the power or wash someone else's feet is what i should say on facebook you know you can you, you can't and you don't know that because god and, and we need each other and members of the body of Christ boldly we will obey the great commandment in Mark 16. Oh, there it is. And we will see a great harvest of souls. So we got to leave idolatry. It's not what we want to happen or what we see others. We need to stick with what God is telling us to happen. And no matter how it happens, He said He'll give us, He said in a prophecy that I was listening to a while back that He will give you uncommon on strategies how to win the lost. Not just because crusades and everything work, and also we get maybe it's going to be different. Maybe it's going to be a TV station, and maybe it's going to be. Sometimes we get so caught up of what we see happening that God wants us to get back to what He has, because He has ways and strategies how to win the loss, and we utilize that, and get moved in the Spirit, and how to equip the saints. We can still be equipping the people that have left organized religion, even in their homes, to some. They're missing out because they're not uh, um, together in, in this realm, but at least they can get the truth. And that's what we're here to do. So, I'm going to be reading from Exodus chapter 13. And as I was in prayer this week, um, been an awesome week, did some things and asked my wife, and it's been awesome every morning. I'm changing my schedule around and going back to the first works of things. And it, it's a really good, and I see a lot of you guys stepping up, and prayer has been coming uh, I guess it's like Marlene always says from the from the top down because I've been and I've seen you guys. I'm like, oh my gosh, Joe's like, can I come at three hours early to start praying and on uh, Wednesday and that and that's like and you guys. So it's an awesome and um, awesome thing. And then, and and he said, my house is not a preaching center. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. So and 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 the awesome thing is about we preach the word of God. You know, we can hand out Bibles all over the world. But when you preach the Word of God on media or on in, in, in the grocery store or in that, it's just, it's different. You can give someone a track, it's just different. The Word of God is like a big track, right? Because even though God's, you know, they got to find it and God's got to lead it. But when they hear exactly what God wants to tell them, it's called the preaching. And then on the day of Pentecost, they can hand out Joel chapter Whatever, what was it? And, then, and, and I was going to say Acts 2. Well, actually, they were doing that. <laughs> but Joel chapter, when they, they preached it, and then he preached what the Lord was doing, and he preached what was going on, and 3,000 were saved. So there's something about our words that need to get out. And people don't understand that. The, the real words, not the watered-down ones, not the half-truths, and not the man's wisdom, all that. The gospel. The gospel. God will finance the gospel. He's not going to finance people's ideas. And that's why people go go fund me all over. Because they want to do good things, but it's not God. Right now, we need to back. And we need to finance the gospel with power. And that's what God's doing right now. Exodus 13. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Sanctify me all the firstborn. 
And whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, it is mine. And Moses said unto the people, And Moses said unto the people, Just messing with her. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And which, yea, came out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of the hand of the Lord brought you out from this place. There shall be no leavened bread be When God brought you out of the world, that's Jesus right there. He is the bread from heaven. And let's see how long they did it. We don't eat any, any other doctrine but Jesus' doctrine. That's what He's telling them right there. Just eat the unleavened bread. Don't eat all the other bread. And actually you're going to learn that there's not going to be any other bread for a while. Because there's no bakery in the wilderness. I mean, they didn't really have one in that. But, but you know what He did. He, he rained the manna from heaven. So, we see right here. He took them out and He said, Eat no leavened bread. So obviously they used to eat leavened bread in Egypt. So shall no leavened bread be eaten. This day came ye out of the, in the month of Abed. And it shall be when the Lord shall bring me into the land of the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Hivites, and the Jeb, Jebusites, and all the otherites. I mean, right, right, right into the, out of Egypt. But right there, it's not just going to be easy. You're going to face some opposition. You're going to have people that don't want you to take their territory. People that don't want the kingdom of God in their religion. Don't want the power of God. Don't want Jesus in the workplace. You're going to find some, some opposition right there. And, and they say, well, this is our, our place of employment. What are you doing? This is our government. Not saying take over. He's bringing you right there. Man, and he's sanctifying himself a people. And it says, which I swore to the fathers to give thee the land flowing with milk and honey, that thou shalt keep this service in this month. Seven days eat and unleavened bread. What is seven days? Completion. Well, Jesus is the completion of all things. Jesus, we eat him for till we hear the seventh trump. But for seven days, unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, and there shall be no leavened bread and seen with thee, neither shall there be. Leaven seen in all thy quarters. And thou shalt show thy son in that day, saying, This is done because of that which the Lord did unto me, and I came forth out of Egypt. And it shall be a sign for them thee, thee, that thy hand is upon unto thee upon thy hand, and for a memorial between thine eyes and the Lord's. Law may be in thy mouth. For the strong hand has the Lord brought thee out of Egypt. Thou shalt therefore keep this ordinance in the season from year to year. So in other words, when we come out of the world and get born again, we've got to eat Him every day. The pure Word of God, Jesus Himself, our relationship with Him at His table. And He sits at His table, He's feeding us. And when the Lord shall bring thee in the land of the Canaanites, you swore to give thee to the fathers, shall give thee, shall not depart from the Lord, open up the matrix, and the ever first lane cometh in the beast. I'm going to skip down. And it shall be when the son asks in the time, saying, What is this? And thou shalt say to him, By strength of the hand brought thee out of Egypt. And you have a testimony. I have a testimony. They had a testimony in the corporate how God delivered His people out of Egypt. And every one of us have our own testimony how God delivered us out of our bondage. Delivered us out of, our, out of the world. Now, you've been delivered out of your bondage and sometimes we go back to things. Because I'm going to show you in the Word. And it came to pass when Pharaoh would hardly let us go that the Lord slew all the firstborn of Egypt and firstborn of men, the firstborn of beasts, and sacrificed the Lord, and opened the matrix being males, and all the firstborn of children. 16. And it shall be a token unto them, for the hand of the is between, for the strength of the hand of the Lord has brought us out of Egypt. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had led the people through in the land of the Philistines, although he swore for God, last prudential, the people repent when he see war and the return to Egypt. But God led the people out about through the way of the wilderness, the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went and harnessed out of the land of Egypt. The children of Israel went up 
harnessed out of it. They didn't just go freely. They went harnessed. They went secure. They went together. In harness is a bond. And the, the yoke of the Lord says, Jesus, now we have this. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. So when we come out of Egypt, we get to be yoked with Jesus or we're not going to make it. And I'm going to show you right here in a few. And the Lord went before them. And this is the whole thing right here. He delivered them. And Moses took the bones of, of, of Joseph with him and had surely sworn to the children and surely and to carry the... But I know why she's... It's the Old Testament. She like changed seats and got up front. Her ears oh just... Oh gosh. Anyway, just fine. <laughs> Have it. Amen. <laughs> and the Lord, here it is, and the Lord went. Who went before them? The Lord. Two of you. Who went before them? The Lord. And the Lord went before them by day a pillar of cloud to lead them the way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. And he took not away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So when Jesus brought us out of Egypt, what is the cloud by day and the pillar? What is God? It's the Holy Spirit. And we have the Holy Spirit now. And we must follow the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there to leave. He says He does not take it. He did not take it away from the people. And we'll get to go into further what the things that were going on. But what does it say? The fire by night, so they can see. It's the light of the Word, is the Holy Spirit, and the cloud by day. And, and it, 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 gives, it gives us covering. And when He wants to, when we get dry, He'll rain down. The Holy Spirit rains. The Holy Spirit, it's like the rain is considered the Holy Spirit too, with the cloud, and it's God Himself. And it says, but, so what is our job? To follow the Holy Spirit, not man. Now, if Moses took off and stopped following the cloud and fire, the people would have had to make a choice. Well, people today are making choices, but they're following Moses instead of the fire by day and the cloud by night. But as long as Moses was following the cloud by day and fire by night, God was having Moses to lead the people and to bring them into the land that they never actually got to. But no matter what, See, we get to go later, says, even though they were following the cloud and in front of night, they had problems. They had situations. They continued to murmur all the time. They were always um, judging Moses, trying to find fault in Moses, always saying, Moses this, Moses, why you? Always, and they're always blaming Moses instead of God. A couple times they blamed God and said, God took us out here to die in the wilderness. And every lot of us come to Jesus on that later on and say, God took us out of here to die in the world. We have nothing to eat. He said, but you do. We don't have, you don't have what? You look at Egypt, you want Egypt or that. You know, they're always we're looking back. Well, I like my old life, you know, at least I, I, I could enjoy things or do this and blah, blah, blah. And God was always getting upset with them. But Moses would always be a people's man. And Moses would go to God and intercede and say, hey, no, don't kill the people. And he didn't take the fire away or the cloud uh, by, by, by day. And Moses, then it went on, the things that they'd seen every single time after they would murmur and complain. And Moses began in the camp to, to and, 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 and then God said, Moses, come up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the commandments. And Moses left the people with, I think he went up with whatever, but he left the people with all that. And God gave me and spoke to me this morning about this. He said, so what did he do? If Moses went up the mountain, God wouldn't send Moses up the mountain. Now, now up the mountain was the fire, the, the burning bush, and God got the commandments, and Moses was all excited. Oh, I'm going to get the, 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 the word of the Lord and that, and we're going to know what to do, and we're going to get our ordinances, and we're going to be able to really get in there. So when we get established, we're going to have a government, we're going to have a law, and we're going to be able to do all these things. So Moses, God told Moses to go up the mountain. He could have just stayed there because... And then he went up the mountain. So obviously the, the cloud stayed right where the people were. And the fire had to stay right there. Because he, God wasn't going to lead the people away from Moses while Moses was doing what he was supposed to do. Right? Go up to the mountain and get the, get the things. But God showed me this. When they stopped moving, that's when most of their problems began to happen. First of all, when they didn't have that direct word of God in their ear. 
for Moses, they had all everyone else's words, you know, um, gossip and this and complaints and we should uh, things should be this way or that way. And all Moses did was get born. All Moses did was uh, they were after his life, was thrown in a river. Poor, the, the baby got picked out of the river and had to grow up in Pharaoh's house. Moses had no choice in any of it. Then he gets raised up half his life, and then he finds out he's a Jew. He didn't even know that half the life. Finds out he's a Jew, and then ends up killing the guard, and then has to flee in the wilderness himself. I mean, this guy had no choice of anything he did in his life. He just had to do what God told him to do. And they're getting mad at this guy. And this guy would go in front of Pharaoh all the time and say, and then it didn't happen this way. And then the people would go back and they'd come against him. And then Moses got mad because of they did. He kills the you know he killed the guard. And then he, God says, "Go back and brighten Pharaoh's face." And and I'm going to give you the staff and uh, eventually the, the power of God. But you you know and you're going to lead the people. Moses didn't sign up for it. Moses didn't want it. Moses didn't ask for it. He just did it. And and then so then the people would always go, God, he's angry. He's doing it wrong. He's doing this. He's doing that. And God's like. You don't think I know Moses? I'm the one who gave him the, the law. I'm the one who gave him the assignment. I'm the one who put him in the river, made sure he grew up. Had, what are you going to tell me about him? <laughs> you see what I mean? So people don't think God knows what's going on. He says, I'll take care of Moses. You just take care of doing what you're supposed to do, in other words. And all their problems are always, but Moses had a right heart. He never let those things get to him, what was going on, because but it, it bothered him a lot. So... We see this when, so what happened? He went up and then they, idolatry came back in heart. They were delivered from Egypt, but then they had a, they wanted to make a little Egypt in their little camp, right? So they got, oh, let's make a little God, right? Because in Egypt, they have all the different gods. And that's what we end up doing every time we get complacent. We get apathetic. We become our work becomes our God. Our family becomes our God. Anything we get, we build these little golden calves in our life again. Even ministry, because if you're doing it without God, it'll become a golden calf. So, so basically, but what happened? They didn't want to wait and be in prayer for Moses while he was going up, getting the word. They just decided he was taking too long, or we should be further along, or we should be doing this. Or we should be doing that. Go read it yourself. Chapter, read uh, the whole Exodus when you got time this week, and, and see how how some of this played out. And every time, like the murmur, then they would want to say, then then they said, well, we're thirsty. Then Jesus, God came and said, okay, I'm going to bring water out of the rock. And then they were hungry, so He rained manna down. They weren't happy with it. Then they said, well, we want meat, so He rained quail down. The one thing He said was, just take enough for today. Then He was showing the greed in their heart. Then all of a sudden, and he's saying that's what we basically, this is a shadow of, of us in our lives right now. And the funny thing is, we all say, well, the people were so stupid. Well, and they were, but it was. And it's like Moses wasn't able to take them over the other side. But the thing is like, well, he said that they were to follow the cloud by day and the fire by night. So it was the cloud and the fire that kept going around the mountain. The people were just following that. But if the people would have gotten their act together, the cloud and the fire went right, would have went right where it was supposed to go. See, the people weren't weren't they weren't just they just weren't ready. God wanted to make their heart ready, but then they didn't want to wait on the Lord. So then we see this. So the people kept going forty years because the Holy the if the fire ready because they couldn't see anything else because it was dark at night and they would go and then the cloud and and they were just following it and they were probably like. They probably a couple twenty years. Let's make a stake here because I'm sure I've seen this before. Some of you guys need to start staking out those problems in your life, so when you see it again, you don't you, you go you just look the other way. So all of a sudden, it's like we have these cycles in our life. It's like going around the mountain. So whatever. So we see this thing in their life, and everyone will say, "Oh yeah, you know they, you know Moses should have directed them that." way. No, they were following the fire and the cloud said it would never depart from them. So it was God was leading them around the mountain because He wanted to make them ready and work that stuff out of them. See, they came out of Egypt, but 
Egypt never came out of them, right? So it's like we're in the world but not of it. We come out of the world, but we still want to stay in the world. Even though we're a lot further away from, we're a lot closer, I mean, than they, than they were because they would have to go all the way back. But we go back in our heart because we're living here. So, what do we see here? We see that the Holy Spirit was in it. So what if, and they had done that, all the murmuring, the division, said, well, we're just going to do it our own way. And people do it all the time. And churches do that. We do it in our personal life. So what if you go around the mountain 50 times? At least you're following God. And let Him. And you'll get tired of seeing the same things, but you've got to keep following the Holy Spirit. That's the whole point of this message today. Cloud by day, fire by night. It doesn't matter. So what? So you're seeing that again. Hate it. Don't. Let Him direct you. Because you know what? The good thing is there is a corporate thing. And, and we as a group don't want to keep going around the mountain. We want to get to where we need to go, where God had promised us. But as we're going around the mountain... The whole world, we're, so what if, and that's how it's all the time, says, we're not going to be, I'm going to do my, and then a group of people just left the, the, the fire in the cloud. Now, there'd be a lot of darkness at night, they'd been taken out, the enemy would, the Philistines, they'd get attacked at night. The reason they were able to sustain their life and live that so many years and do that and go 40 years around the mountain is because they followed the fire by day and the cloud by night. No. Were they perfect? No. Did they have many problems? Yet. Yeah. Did they murmur and complain? Yet. Yeah. And but they didn't. God didn't say, "Well, get so involved in this little." See, they had the whole big uh, family of Israel, and He said, "Well, this mother, father, this little family here, they're doing all that. We got to take." He looked at them as a whole, and they followed as a whole. So God saw it as. His government more important than what we see in church. Like my family or this or fine. But God sees it. Stick and follow the vision. Follow the cloud by day and the fire by night. And then I'll be working on everyone as they follow me in, in, in this aspect. So Moses did all these things and they still did that. Then he got water out of the rock. Manna from heaven. Quail. It was a corporate vision. They wanted to get to the promised land. They didn't get there, not because God didn't know where the promised land is. They weren't ready to do it. So God says that we have the Holy Spirit in us too. Not, we don't need a man, Moses, to directly. And then what happened? Every time God showed up, every time they even complained, His mercy came and He, he gave them what they wanted. He gave it to them. But then they wanted more. Or they wanted it different. They were never satisfied. And what did the boss say? Godliness with content is great gain. He just wanted them godly. And then they would have got much gain. They would have received the promise. They were like, land of milk and honey. Yeah, yeah, but I had more than I got now back there. So why am I going to contend for that when I can just go back? And people go back all the time. It's like, why would you go back in bondage? Even though they were free. See, they wanted to be free, free. Every, that's what everybody wants. They wanted to get naked and dance around their idols and do whatever. That's what the world wants. That's what a lot of Christians want. Uh, grace and lasciviousness. Even though we're free, we, we think freedom is we just do whatever we want, whenever we want, and how we want it. But God's freedom is, no, you're not in bondage to do what Satan wants. You obey me. You're free to do, and you have a will. But you can do what Satan wants, but you're free. You don't have to do what Egypt wants. You don't have to get whipped every night and be in bondage. You don't have to eat at 6 o'clock and wake up at 5 every day because you're free. But you got to obey me. And if I tell you one day to wake up here and do that, you got to do it. Because you're free means, but you don't have to. See, they had to. So they wanted to go back to a place where they had to do what Satan wants because Satan would give them what they wanted, but he, they, were, they were serving their idols. God wants to let you free to give you free will to do what you want and then realize that you still pick your idols, but you're still free. You're still free. So, let's jump to Exodus 18, and let's see how this played out. Moreover, thou shalt provide out of the people able men, such as fear God. Kind of this, we see the, the book of Titus right here, that where it says, um, raise up elders in the church, and bishops in them, they should be certain. And, and men of truth, it says men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them, to be rulers of the thousands, and rulers of the hundreds and the fifties, and, and rulers of the tens. And let them judge the people at the season, at all seasons. And it shall be that every matter... See, Moses was day up and day down. He had not, and people were coming one by one, and he was judging everything. And then his father-in-law, Jephro, comes up and says, 
my God, Moses, this is going to kill you. You need help. And that's what Moses has to do. He says, you need help. You can't do this on your own. That's when God brings help. So we have in the New Testament, the ministry of helps for the vision of whatever God has. So, but no, but everybody's running their idols and then they got, well, Moses, you got to do it all. We'll just, we'll be there on Sunday and, you know, get us to the problem. But everybody has more. And this is the whole thing about it. That's what pleases God. And then He'll take care of your other needs and then He's going to supply everything. But what does He say here? This is what it is. So the judge not the easier thing thyself and not bear thee up. And thou shalt do this thing and God commanded thee. Then thou shalt be able to endure and all this people shall also go to their place in peace. So what, what happened? Then he went up when he went up to the mountain, he got the commandments. And it's like amazing. And it's like, and he said, the book of the law shall not depart out. And Joshua started writing stuff. And Joshua actually took them over. And, and, and Moses raised up Joshua. He was a high priest. But he also took them in battle. But as they were in battle, Moses was, was holding up the thing. And they never lost the battle. As long as the, God was with them and Moses was holding up his hands, they won, right? Right. Amen. So it's like, and Moses wouldn't have been able to, to win the battles on his own. So there's why we come together to, we need to, and, and hold up your hands could be a, an encouraging word, could be a prophecy, could be a vision. And it's awesome because, and it could be a rebuking vision, which are good too because it, and what, you might not even know it right then, but later, a month later, you say, oh, that's what that person meant and said. We got the commandments is when he went up and then he came down. Then he saw what they were doing. So he got angry. And broke the, broke the tablets. But it says, in Exodus uh, 20, it says, And he spoke the saying. And then I'm going to read this about that. And just see how this, this basically ties it together. But then basically how what God does so graciously through Jesus for us. So we don't even have. So basically, if we're struggling in different areas. Not saying that God's not, not bringing the fire on you. Or allowing the enemy to do things. But if we're constantly struggling in something. It's just because we're doing it our own way. We're not following God. And we're not following the cloud by the end of the front of because we're not really seeing what's really going on because we went off and did it our own way. You might be near the camp. You know, I'm going to watch the... So I'm going to watch all them. You know, I don't want to lose, you know, the, my camp and family and all that are following the cloud by day, but I'm not going to follow that and be there and have Moses up, uh, you know, talking over me. So they run, you know, enough to where they can just see the people, but they're in the darkness. You know what I mean? It's like they're a quarter day's journey behind or they follow the footsteps or whatever but they're not really want to be part of you know what I mean? Yeah. Part of the group that are learning to live with one another learning to, to go through the fire with one another learning to do all these things with one another but they're still there but they're just following them behind you know they're lagging behind ever seen that you get a group that says man this guy's always come on dude we gotta put some training and we gotta what we gotta put some pep in your step or Something and then you got the then you got the one hand energizer bunny. It's like what it's like wait hey slow down maybe when we do it's just like you start wilding a lot of people you'll see there'll be this group this group this group well this group and the Bible they stayed together for protection and they were there and the cloud must have been just so big and the fire was only just so big it didn't light the whole nation it wasn't the sun it was the it was that and that's what that's what they kept they stayed close enough to the Holy Spirit because. You know, somebody says, well, I got the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but you're, you're not doing it God's way. So it's like, yeah, you might have because they'll never leave you, but it's like getting dark and things are happening and you're getting lost because, because it says in the council of many. And then when Moses set up the, those things, it was in the council. And then they brought the bigger things to him so he, he, he wouldn't have to deal with all the littler, uh, you know, this, my sister stole my manna this morning and, you know, and now I'm hungry. And I figured if I store up tomorrow, they go to the most like that can't deal with that. Then this person says, This person stabbed this person, but this person stole. And he's like, Okay, bring that to Moses because there's going to be some consequences. This other thing is spank them both and, you know, whatever. You know, whatever. But everyone thought their, their case was just as vile as something. So just like the high courts and that, you got the, you know, felony court and all that. So Moses was the, was the big judge, which he tried the harder cases. And, and it wasn't. It didn't take all of his time. And that's what God's wanting in the sense of with one another to help to carry one another's burdens. That's what we're we're here to do. 
to carry one another's burdens, to help one another. Not their burden on what they're doing wrong, but carry one another's burdens and help one another in, in the Lord. And he says, so here we got, he goes up, right? And here's what God spoke out of that. I took you out of the land of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Not football gods, not money gods, not employment gods. You know, they're all idols, they're all little gods. You say gods are anything you serve, anything you want first. So he says, right? He says, my, my, my word shall not depart, they shall live by and he says, they will not return void. And he also said that God never changes. He's saying yes to that. We're not under the law. We're under grace. But the law is still there. God still doesn't want us to murder our brother or covet their wife. So let's read some more. Because we end up doing these things in our own, in a, in a spiritual way. In our heart. Because remember, grace is harder. And we're going to get to that in two seconds. And then we'll close. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Little gods, because he's all... Thou shalt not make unto you graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or on... Oh, not even angels, right? Heaven above, not even Jesus in His earthly... Oh, we have His picture on our mantle. It's religious. It says not even to do that. He's in our heart, right? Religion does all that. All religion will start idols, you know? Right away, they were religious. Oh, God, the glory came. Let's make a statue of you, Elijah. And God, Jesus is like, oh, you don't get it. He's like, you know... Because that's in our system. But the only way to get out of our system is to be with God. To spend time with Him. Not spend time with a picture. Spend time with the Holy Spirit. So, we have those. And you know, then we still have an idol with Him on the cross. Even crosses are, you know, they're good. But even they, they're, they're images. I mean, there's some grace in the heart about it. But you always know that people that have most of that, they're, if you go to trial, they're the most worldly Christians. They think... They can prove their Christianity by their bumper sticker or by their cross on their neck. But by their works, they deny Him. So God's not not concerned with the symbols or the statues, even if they're of Him. He wants your heart. So He says, make no graven images in the likeness of anything. See, false grace saying, oh, Jesus came to blood. I can do all these, break all these commandments. No, you can't. So they just break the little ones and say, it's under grace, but why? So you're under grace, you can go murder? Oh, I'm going to have it anyway. I can do what I want. Well, no, oh, but I don't know about murder. What's the difference? So if you keep one law, so why aren't we doing, uh, you know, people come here. Another guy showed up a while back. So Friday is the Sabbath, right? That's why you're present. Like, guess I'm down. I'm okay. I said, okay. Oh, you want to, I really like this place. I'm like, okay. I'm like, so what? Now, he makes these commands, right? So it's like, so the good news is now Jesus is our rest. It's every day, right? So what's the difference? I keep it every day, brother. <gasps> wait, is that breaking it every day? Oh, you mean I'm doing 100% Christianity, not just... The... Wait, so... Wait, you don't keep the Sabbath? Yeah, I keep the Sabbath and all the other six. <gasps> How do you do that? I don't do what he does. I'm in him, right? I mean, he's my rest, so I do whatever he tells me. So I was like, they're like, oh my God, I can't... Because really all this was to see Jesus, and everything in the Old Testament is, is Jesus, He's the unleavened bread, right? And they said, eat it seven days. Do we still eat that? No. So what? So we say. And why do people pick all this up? I don't know. Because they get tired. Why? Because they're not waiting for Moses to come down and tell them. Not waiting for the word of the Lord. They just want to do things their way. They get complacent, right? They stop moving with the Holy Spirit. Stop moving with the Holy Spirit. And they're moving in their own spirit. Right? Fire by day, cloud by night. When they stop moving, it stayed. But God says stagnant, but God was waiting for Moses to come down, and they started going back. Same mountain, though, right? He could have went up any side and came down, because he went around that mountain. So, when it became stagnant and rested, they became complacent. So when we stop moving in the Holy Spirit, we stop moving with the Holy Spirit, we stop going where the Holy Spirit wants us to go, and stop doing what He wants, that's when we get apathetic, we get bored, and we get complacent, and we begin to build our idols again. It's right there. Right. So he said, Thou shalt make thee unto graven him, not make any likeness unto the thing of in heaven or on the earth, or beneath, or that water underneath the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them or serve them. For I am the Lord thy God, and I am jealous, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children unto the third and the fourth generation, them that hate me. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord in vain. And thou wilt not hold him guiltless that take the Lord of God in vain. 
and remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. God wants us to be holy every day, right? So what do you mean? So, okay, we can be unholy till Saturday, and Saturday I'm going to... That's religion, right? So, we're gonna, so why would people adopt that into the church today? I don't know. The sixth day shall they labor and do work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath. So it's not like we're not keeping it, but we're keeping it. So I'm going to show you in a few minutes. And how does this go along with the vision? Because keeping, keeping loving God, we're going to do what He tells us to do. So this is our, our, our decree for... This next year, we're going to love God more than we did last year. It's good, right? That's very simple, right? Keep it simple. The Sabbath, Lord thy God, and thou shalt do any work, or sons and daughters, men serve, may serve the cattle. So we don't, we, we are now in the Spirit. So Jesus said on the Sabbath, right? You don't want me to get the ox out of the ditch? Every t- It's funny how they, they always document it, because he did more, I think, on the Sabbath than he did any other day of the week. So if Jesus came to fulfill the law and did the things of the heart on the Sabbath, but He didn't break the law, He just moved in love on the Sabbath day. Mm-hmm. So, why can't we put that together and just understand it? It's, that's not saying anything else. So, He said, Then thou shalt not kill. I mean, even the world believes in some of these commandments. They just don't like some of them. Thou shalt not steal. The world goes with that one. How are you going to keep order when you have all these people that leave Egypt, learned all the ways of Egypt, all the ways of the world, and then come into church? So there needs to be the Word. Now we have the whole Word of God and the Holy Spirit to follow the cloud by day and the fire by night. That is our job, to follow Him and, and continue in that way and do it that way. And it says, Thou shalt not steal, and thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Thou shalt not, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor his anything of his neighbor's. What is coveting? Want something that you don't have. You can want more of God and believe that He's going to give you more, but you cannot start to want what your brother or sister wants or has or got from God because that's covetous. And that's what they're preaching in the prosperity message all the time is covetousness. Oh, the pastor got a new car. I want a new car. Well, you better just ask God for what He wants. He wants to give you new stuff. But when you start to covet it, then you start to build your golden calf. You start, you're not, because the Holy Spirit's not going that way. We're following the fire by day and the cloud by, the cloud by day and the fire by night. So that's why if Moses was right there, right away he would have seen them. What are you giving all your gold to? Stop it! That's why every week we come here to the Word of God as a prophetic thing. Say, stop it. But you go and try it. Go not listen to the Word of God for a year and see how complacent, how apathetic you get, and how lukewarm you get, and how much you start doing the things that you're used to. Because that's why we have what we have. And then, so Moses came down, and then we have Jesus bringing the Word from heaven, literally in the New Testament to us in our hearts. And he said, so he saw, and then all they saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise and the trumpets and the mountains smoking. And the people saw, and they were... And they removed, and it was, and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. One good thing about that is they got the fear of the Lord. But we now have the blood of Jesus, and we can all speak to God. We don't need Moses, but we need to remind one another. But God does have a vision, and we're fulfilling the vision because of what? What is the whole purpose of of us coming together to love God and to love our neighbor and to win souls. The reason He's established all that because He's already got you. So why we could just do that and love Him and have fun? But He has a purpose because there's power in numbers, but there's also disruption in many numbers. Ask Gideon. He wasn't trying to build a mega church. He wanted enough men and enough people to be able to defeat the enemy and accomplish what he's supposed to do. And Zerubbabel, too. And when they wanted to build the thing, they needed enough men to rebuild the wall. And that, and it was not by power, not by might, but by His Spirit. So He said that. And then and this is, why do you go through all this stuff? Is because we're not always doing what the Holy Spirit It's not like we're leaving God. We see, yeah, we see a little flicker of the, the fire by night and all that. And He's right there. But are you right under that? I mean, everything's lit up and it's like all your nakedness. Because up there, no one around you can really see all that stuff. So that's that, you know, the darkness is your fig leaves as you leave the camp in that manner. 
So they started to fear the Lord and said, No, just you speak to us, Moses. And that's what people want today, but it isn't the fear of the Lord. They just don't want to do the work. They don't want to pray. They don't want to obey God so they can hear Him. They just want to turn on, you know, Mr. Whoever on Sunday and get their little ears tickled and think it's okay because they've already got their golden calf so they want itchy ears to convince them that what they're doing is alright. So they saw a Moses, but it wasn't God's Moses too. People are always seeking somebody to tell them what God's telling them to do. But deep down they've already known what God's telling them to do. They just need to get back and follow the fire by day and the cloud by night. So the people feared, and as Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God is come to prove you, and that His fear may be before your faces, that you sin not. See, that's what we need back, the fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. It's, it's where God's wisdom comes. The fear of the Lord is when you pray. Fear of the Lord. And the people stood afar off, and Moses drew near unto the, the thick, darkness, thick darkness where God was. So Moses drew near unto them, thick darkness where God was, and said, Lord said unto Moses, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel that I have seen, that I have, have talked with you from heaven, and you shall make with you, you shall make me gods, you, you shall not make me gods of silver, neither make me gods of gold. And an altar on the earth shall they make unto me, and thou shalt sacrifice there thy burnt offerings and thy peace offerings, and thy sheep, and thy ox, and all the, and in all the places I record my name, and I will come unto thee, and I will bless thee. And then I will make, and he says, now what? Now he says, we offer ourselves, we are living sacrifice. So what? He said, you become the offering, and I will bless you. Not go to hear the guy that quotes scripture out of context, and you believe this thing for years, and you're still following way behind the Holy Spirit's right there, and you're following way out. And now we'll make an altar of stone, and that's now our heart. And now, if thou lift up the tool upon it, thou hast polluted it. Neither shall thou go up in thy steps and unto mine altar, and thy nakedness be not discovered thereon. So we got all the loss, which are good. But then Jesus came, and He says, All the laws are good, and I'm fulfilling them. And I haven't broke one of them. But He says, All the law hangs on this. And that's why... In this next year, that's what going to be our, our new resolution. To love God more than we did last year. And how much more can you love Him? He's going to show you. But we've got to keep the vision. We've got to keep following the Holy Spirit. Keep following the cloud by day and the fire by night. Because without the Holy Spirit, you'll get lost. So He's saying, that's what we need to do. And He said this, because honestly, what He's saying right here, if you love God with all your heart, and love your neighbors yourself because all of us are by. Come on. The whole reason people are in Egypt are the way they are is because everybody wants to have the most. Everybody wants to be the greatest. And everybody wants to be the most known. Everybody wants to take it. Then they'll, I'll do that later. Everybody's like, I'm not a really bad person, but me first. Well, Jesus says, if you love God first and love your neighbor as yourself, meaning you want to make them just as first as you want yourself, you don't have to worry about all those. And all the ordinances, my God, that's already been washed away, but the law, you're not going to. So, and he says, and, and then he says, and obey, and obey my commandments. Well, he's got sermons, and one of them is, bless those that curse you, and do good to them, and pray for them that despitefully use you. So you're not going to kill your enemy at that point, so there's no murder. I mean, nobody really kills their friends. So Jesus said, but if you hate your brother, you've already committed sin in your heart. So he's saying you have the Holy Spirit and power. And this year, you're going to love God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. And love your neighbor. And then you fulfill righteousness. You don't break any of those. Because when you love God, you're not going to go love football more. You're not going to love the ministry more. You're not going to love even the God things more than the Holy Spirit Himself. So everything will be in alignment. So He's saying, it's so simple, but it's been so hard, right? It's so hard, right? To love first. But how do we do it? The only way to love God with all your heart is to be near Him. Is to be connected to Him. Because the fruits of the Spirit come out of the vine. We are the branch, right? He's the vine. So it, it all comes together. So, so what are we going to do this year? We're going to stay closer to the Holy Spirit than ever before. And He will lead us. And when He tells us to chill out, we're going to move and do His things. 
See, the funny thing is when we have nothing to do, we decide to turn on the TV. Or we decide to watch this or go here or do that. And all of a sudden, we start getting all messed up because we become complacent. Because we stop moving with the Holy Spirit. So even if our feet aren't moving around the mountain that he's, He went around 40 years because the, the fire and the cloud went around and we just followed that. Even if it's sitting there for a year. His light is there. We're doing what? We're sticking with Him. Jesus is came down from heaven, from the fire by day and the cloud by night. And He's there among us. We're sticking with Him. And when where He is, and what He's doing, and what His Word's doing, there's no killing, no murdering, no complacency, none of those things. Because those ten things, or one of them, or, or any of them, we do them in our heart. First of all, if Jesus says, what do you mean? <coughs> you should not commit adultery. I don't. But the minute you look unto other idols, you're committing adultery in your heart even with God. Because you're now fornicating with Satan. Or, in other words, literally, don't commit adultery. I'm not doing that. Yeah, but you, you're not desire, you're desiring your neighbor's wife or you're committing adultery in your heart. You're fantasizing with that. So he says, okay, how do you get rid of that? You stay connected to Him. So, because you love. So the whole thing is, walking with Jesus but following the Holy Spirit. So, but we don't, we don't have to expect, you know, Moses to go up the mountain and the Holy Spirit to be still waiting for him to come back down. He's really always moving forward. And he's not going in circles anymore. He's going forward. The Holy Spirit has a vision. And we just read that vision for this house. And he's got a vision for the world. And he also has a vision for, for, for all humanity. He said that none perish and all come to eternal life. And we all have a part to play on that. So when we stop to have that first, and then we start to put focus on our own things, that's when we start to get all complacent, lukewarm, and then He just opens, and the enemy comes in and messes with us. But you know when you're praying, you're doing what He wants you to do, you know that's when you're in the most peace in your life. And that's what I want for all of us, because corporately, we can do that. But, and if, if man moves that way in the Holy Spirit, you follow the Holy Spirit. God will find someone else. Aaron will take the staff and run with it. But you follow the Holy Spirit. But you pray and do those things. And we hold up one another since we're all in a battle one day. And we need each other's help. Every day we wake up, the enemy decides who's in the weakest point in the group. And he'll go after that one first. And then as he gets that one, then he'll go and do this. And then all that. Or he'll get two at a time. And then he will get us. Then this person goes and is helped. Then the whole thing, then all of a sudden. But if we're constantly following the Holy Spirit and doing what He wants, He will give you the desires of your heart. He will give you time to do your own things. He will, and He'll delight in you. And He says, by faith, you please Him. By faith in the vision. But He wants that accomplished. Because when that doesn't stay on your heart, then you're really misguiding your whole, the whole corporate government of God, and you got your own government going on. And you're the judge. And God wants that to be gone. So that's what we want to put forth in this next year. Is to remember why we come together. Remember what it And don't even make the ministry. Make God first. And then He'll move you to do what you need to do in the time. Don't even put the things of God before Him. Put Him first. And if He has you do things, you're going to do them because you're with Him. Everybody can stand up. Father, we thank You that this coming year we're going to follow You with all of our heart with all of our mind, and all that is within you. You are the fire, and you are the cloud. You are the cloud that covers us from the sun, and the heaping, and the dryness, and you rain down on you. And when we're where you are, and we have the authority like Elijah to call down rain, it comes quick. Rain will come quick. <clears throat> when we're where you are, if you've established, and Moses said do this, and we're there where you are, then we should tap right in quickly. The Holy Spirit will be there to open up the windows of heaven. To open up the cloud and pour down the rain upon us. But if you're there and we're supposed to be there right under the cloud and we're over there. Yeah, I see the cloud, but I'm not close enough to to feel the rain. That's your fault. Because He said, He will not take away the cloud by day and the fire by night. So it's time to catch up to the cloud and the fire. And follow the Holy Spirit as never before in this next year. Father, we thank You that we decree and declare that we'll have more anointing this next year. That You will lay down more power this next year. That there'll be more souls coming into the kingdom 
this next year. Father, it will be all about your business this next year. And you will increase you will increase our harvest. You will increase our fields. And as we do and bring unto you what we're supposed to, you will do, rebuke the devour. But Father, get our get our lives and our minds and our hearts in order that we can be strong in the Lord. And let us not murmur and complain even with our, our life or what you have given us, God, because you have we have such a great promise. And the Holy Spirit and the cloud will, and I promise you this, if you're under the cloud and following the fire, when you take your last breath on this earth, no matter what you accomplish in this time on this earth, you will be in the promised land for forever and you won't even and and, and that is a guarantee. But if you're out in darkness, I can't say that's guaranteed. Because God says, if you love me, you'll obey me and keep my commandments. And what greater commandment is this? To love God with all your heart, all your mind, and all that is within you. And love your neighbor as yourself. See, He makes it really easy. You don't have to even carry the, you know, I'm not saying don't read the Word of God. But I was like, oh, you just carry that in your heart right there. And when He wants you to know even more, and leads you to the Word. See, He bears witness with the Holy Spirit and the Word, and each other, because we're the body of Christ. And everything you do will bear these three records. You're not going to tell you to do things that's not in the Word of God. And He's not going to lead you where the Holy Spirit's not leading you, so He'll confirm. And He'll confirm in, 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 in with one another, like He did about Nicaragua, through, through miracles, signs, and wonders. He'll speak to you, yeah. Okay, He laid on your heart, Holy Spirit. Okay, return to your first work. So that's this Nicaragua, go back now. And then... All of a sudden, he uses the body. Then, then he said, "We well, look in the world. There it is in the Word. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Lay hands. Okay. And, okay. And he says, and go on. When, you, when I was in prison, were you there? Okay. Well, okay. We got that in the Word. But now, he speaks to you in your heart and tells you. And you're like, oh, do I supposed to do this? Well, I know you're supposed to do that. But do I do it now? Or do I do it later? So, and then, if it's him, he'll confirm it. If you're not... And then you just know, and then you seal it. Okay, I'm going to do this. Then He'll lead you in. And then you get it in your heart, and you do it. And then He gives you the strength to do it. Or we come into divination, where we start to release what we see, what we want, and then we ask for confirmation. Then we begin to see confirmations, but they're not sprung by the Holy Spirit. They're confirmations. Oh yeah, that, that. And we start to believe. It's called divination. And Ezekiel talked about that. And then we even get, the enemy can even give you dreams. Because if there's darkness in your heart, divination can creep in. So God, if the Holy Spirit's there in you, there's light. There can't be any darkness deceiving you. And your dreams will start to be clearer. And your motives, and, your, and you won't have any agendas because there is none in the kingdom of God. So Father, we thank you for everything, God. We thank you that you never leave us or forsake us. We thank you that you correct us, God. We thank you that you move us. And God, you know, if, even if we wanted to go faster, teach us how to just follow you. Lean not on our own understanding. Acknowledge you, your fire, your cloud. Your fire by night, your cloud by day. Acknowledge you in all of our ways. And you promise that you would direct our path. God, help us to not lean on our own way or our own thoughts or our own understanding. But let us have the mind of Christ this next year like never before. Help us to trust You and that we can trust one another. Give us a spirit of prayer and a spirit of supplication and a spirit of, of burning, God. That this will be the best year that we've ever seen, that we've ever lived in. No matter what persecution comes, no matter what storms come, when, when you're right there, it doesn't even matter because there's the victory. And you're the, you shadow us under your... All, so it doesn't matter if 10,000 fall right and 1,000... It will not come nice. And even if it comes near us, it won't touch us. And we thank you, God, that our faith is built in this. And we want to please you. And this year we're going to have faith more than ever. So, Father, we just thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. And we seal this word and we seal everyone's heart. And we thank you for all that you are and increase... And increase in God's promises. Since He said, "You will increase, and you increase, and you will have lack of nothing." Nothing. It's right there in the Word. It's, I think it's in Ephesians or um, what's the other E one? Huh? No, in New Testament. Ephesians. Yeah. Or. Yeah. Amen. Ephesians. 
So, Father, we thank you for that lack of nothing. That means lack of, no lack of anointing, no lack of power, no lack of wisdom, no lack of, and then, I mean, then go to earthly things. But if you got all that, you, all the earthly things have to be there. Because <laughs> a wise man is not stupid and doesn't waste his things. A wise man doesn't waste his time. A wise man doesn't waste his... And the anointing breaks the yoke to where the enemy can't even catch you up. So, Father, we thank you. Go ahead and play that next song. And we thank you, Lord, that you are everything, God. Jesus' name. And I'm going to say, if you want to come and make a make a pledge, not a pledge, right? Agree with God to help you and the Holy to help you follow the Holy. Follow Him this year more than you did last year. Let that be the cry of your heart today. Let it move today in this place. You will not let you down.